This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome in. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Jay White, here today with Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg, and Wilkes Couture, information technology expert at New Core Steel and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. And uh, again, coming up on the show today, uh, Wilts, Jeremy, and I will talk about how you deal with robocalls, or do you deal with robocalls? And we'll talk about um, a whole lot of things going on in tech this week, uh, including uh, Facebook creating its own currency. That company becomes more and more creepy by the day, it seems. Uh, We'll also talk about uh, the new Raspberry Pi. And if you don't know about that, I'm interested to hear, especially what you two guys think about that. And if you've um, worked with it at all, if you've kind of tinkered around with it, it seems like an incredibly uh, useful thing. and uh, really approachable tool and technology that a lot of people could use to do a whole lot of different things, but it kind of goes largely under the radar unless you're really deep into tech. Well, you, you have to actually do a little bit of work, and for some people, you know, we like to just uh, click it and forget it. So the <laughs> Raspberry Pi does involve, you know, just a little bit of work, but the but the really cool thing is you have this thing out there called YouTube that can pretty much walk you through yeah. anything. I mean, it really is. Uh, if you have not heard of the Raspberry Pi, it's a little small computer probably in in space footprint not much bigger than your phone a little bit taller but uh it could be a full featured computer just like what you have sitting on your desk or under your desk right now but yeah it takes just a little bit of work but not much and the company mentioned today um uh, the creator and the uh the the guy who i guess is the ceo of the company or the head engineer one or the other uh, talked about how originally it was designed to be an educational tool and help people learn about how to build things like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we now use it's it up become, in the school. Yeah, it's, they, they sold more than a million Raspberry Pi units last year uh, to educational entities. But now it's become much more of a bigger thing for industry and technology companies who buy it to automate things, which is – that's fascinating to me. And we can dig a little bit uh, deeper into that if you want to. I mentioned earlier um, – Facebook, the creating their own currency, um, Amazon, uh, how to, a story about how to stop Amazon from listening to and tracking you. So I don't know how many times we've heard about stories where, um, you know, you say something out loud and then all and of a sudden all the ads, every ad and every timeline you have on every social media thing is the thing that you talked about. With somebody, you know, oh, we're gonna dad, we're gonna buy dad a baseball cap for Father's Day, and then all of a sudden, every every you know, baseball every cap. had his baseball caps, or you know, I hey, I need to get some more underwear. Then all of a sudden, you got underwear pictures, which is can be different Disturbing, levels yeah. of entertaining uh, or embarrassing, <laughs> depending on who's around you when you scroll by it and what the ads look like. Anyway, also Apple is getting into the self-driving car business. Uh, and Bill Gates thinks the U.S. government needs to regulate big tech better. And that's interesting coming from him. We'll uh, dig into that a little bit more as well. Your tech problems, question, comments, and much more. 
Uh, this is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Call us up today, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. I've got Wilts in the studio with me here. Jeremy on the phone from Hattiesburg. Jeremy, good morning. Good morning. What you got, Doug? Uh, not too much. What do you think? We talked about uh, uh, when we got you connected here, Wilts and I were talking about the Raspberry Pi. The 4 is out, and that's been you know, one of the bigger stories in tech news today. But it's something that's kind of uh, probably not been approached by uh, a, a majority of our listening audience, or even probably the, the tech people who, I guess, maybe have a, a hands-off approach to the tech world. Uh, but uh, tell me a little bit about if or what your experience is with uh, the Raspberry Pi. Okay, so I have a little bit of personal experience with the Raspberry Pi. Um, I created a, uh, a Pi Tendo, you know, just like a little uh, emulator to play old games and stuff on. Um, I did that for a customer who wasn't able to get a classic Super Nintendo and he wanted to give his wife something special for Christmas, so we did it with a Raspberry Pi. Um, it wasn't the easiest thing in the world, but I mean, you know, a little bit of tech savvy helps uh, in any endeavor like this, but you can always research your way through any problems that you run into. Um, I have also used a Raspberry Pi for uh, displays on TVs as far as like running ads or uh, displaying menus. Uh, They're so versatile in in what they can do. Um, We also just recently had a student come through uh, that was in robotics and uh, they needed some assistance with their Raspberry Pi, so we uh, we helped them out with that. Very interesting. All right, so today our uh, uh, overarching topic is uh, robocalls. Let me ask you guys, and we've talked, uh, we've touched on this ever so slightly a couple of shows before. But robocalls, how many do you guys? How often do you guys get robocalls, and how often do you deal with it? Well, let me start with you. Uh, daily, multiple <laughs> times. Yeah. Um, it just it seems to be on on the uh, you know it, it, it just like spam you know just like you know spam is always expanding in your email the robocalls are increasing um, it, yeah it's literally probably just about daily I'll get at least one or two uh, a lot of them showing that they're coming from my you know the first four or the first six digits of my phone number they just seem to kind of stay consistent there which is pretty aggravating. Yeah, absolutely. A, a prefix that looks like something close to where you're from or what your cell phone may be. Yeah. And then, of course, from the same area code, which is probably the most frustrating thing. You know, and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I was expecting a call from um, a doctor's office, which is part of a bigger uh, medical group. Mm-hmm. And so all of the calls from that medical group are kind of like. You know, we're a state agency, and if you get a call from this building, you get a 601 and a 432. And then the last four numbers are – it just rotates depending yeah. on where, you know, it, it – who knows? I don't know the mechanism behind it, but it, it rotates, even if mm-hmm. you're calling from the same phone multiple times. And so you never know exactly what number you're going to get if I call you from my office. It can be different, but it looks very similar. And I get calls from the same 601 blah, blah, blah number, you know, yep. but just slightly variant all the time. And yeah, it, dr- it drives me you. crazy because I I have to or I need to. I don't have to, but I need to take this call that mm-hmm. I'm expecting. But I don't know exactly what number they're going to be calling from. I have a general idea. And a lot of these robocalls are spoofed into numbers that look very similar to it. So I have to take all the calls. Yeah. And then you're kind of stuck. And then once you answer it. 
the robot on the other end says, oh, this is a legitimate number. So it you know yeah. updates that in his database and says, okay, I'm going to c- start sending you even more. So it's yeah. kind of like you're you're hooked in. I did I did notice something really cool um, actually yesterday. I'm kind of looking into you know I'm about to finish up my my bachelor degree here, looking into what the next step's going to be for a master's. And I noticed whenever I submitted online to get information from the school, I was looking at. Oh. But they came back and they said, we'll be contacting you. You should expect a, a phone call from this number. And it actually gave me the specific number to expect. And I thought that was a really good customer service approach on their part. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, there's going to be a phone call coming that I don't know what number to expect. But they're telling me yeah. this is going to be us. That is good. And that allowed me. You know, so when I saw that number pop up, like, oh, okay, now I know who this is. And, and I felt a lot better answering it. Because I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of the ways that I deal with robocalls is I send it to voicemail. Right. I, just, I don't even want to deal with it. Right. Jeremy, how do you deal with uh, robocalls? Or how much have so, you dealt with robocalls? Well, I get about two to three a day that have the same similar-looking number. You know, the last four is always something different, but it looks close enough to a, an actual phone number that I might be convinced to answer it. That worked once. Uh, but after <laughs> that, I was hit to the job, you know. So um, usually uh, it It'll look like a local number. Um, occasionally, I will still get like an 800 number, which is pretty obviously not something I'm going to answer. And once in a blue moon, uh, AT&T's call protection will actually tell me that it is oh. an expected spam caller. How nice. Uh, I, yeah, I just wish it would just like ignore the call, because if it already knows that, why are you sending me that call? Just just. Send it to to the ether and and let's be done with it, you know. Um, so, you know, Wilt says he lets the calls go to voicemail. Uh, do you do you press the button and send them directly there, Wilt, or do you hit your volume rocker and just let it silently ring them off to your voicemail? I usually just hit the volume and let it just kind of ring off and and go into the other world. Let it go by itself because. See. I do the same thing because I think when you directly send them to voicemail, they know they've got an active number because they can count the number of rings before it does that. Ooh. So I always I always hit the volume rocker just to make sure that they have no idea if they've got somebody who's uh, screening their call or sending them directly to voicemail. Um, it, I believe there's a way that they can discern the difference. And another thing that I've dealt with is text messages that just come from random numbers and they say something about, you know, oh, you've won a gift card or whatever, tap here. And it's like, yeah, right. I'm not going to do that. But that's another thing that we need to tell our listeners about to be wary of is text messages that come with links attached to them. Oh, yeah. Numbers that you don't know. And I've even tried the old, because, you know, most of these systems that that these people use, they don't play by the same rules. But every once in a while, you can actually text one of these numbers and tell them to stop, and it'll be like, okay, we won't send you any more messages. But I'm curious, is that really telling them to stop, or is that saying, okay, we know we've got a person at this number. We're just going to log it and send you on to several other people that we sell your number to, and it'll just increase the amount of text messages that you get in spam form. I, I, I don't know if it's a good idea to, to attempt to tell them to stop, but I do know that at least they, some of them pretend that they play by the rules. I have an Android phone, and I know that um, a lot of times when I see numbers that I don't recognize, even if it is a local 601 number, 
I can hit decline, and if I hit decline in a fast enough manner, it will give me the option after it's hung up to block the call or block the number, I suppose. And um, that's something that I've done. But I've noticed that, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter because I still get calls from, and that's even if, I should say, even if I don't absolutely decline the call, I can even answer the call. And if I hang up within a certain amount of time that I've answered a call, in other words, if I answer, it's, oh, hey, look, man, your house, you know, your mortgage, you're going to give me a second. And I hang up immediately. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not worried about that right now and haven't told anybody that I was worried about it. Um, <laughs> so, oh, your house warranty, you called us about. No, I didn't hang up. And um, about your student loans. Huh? Right, right. And so if, if I hang up that call within a specific amount of time, it gives me this block option. But I've noticed that. In spite of me blocking those types of calls, I still get those types of calls oh, they from slightly varied numbers, numbers. So I don't know if that's what good that, that is doing me. So maybe I shouldn't be answering it. But at the same time, I have to answer it because I'm expecting a call from a number that I don't know. And I don't want to miss that call. So I'm kind of stuck in that regard. They yeah. love that gold mine. They're like, yes, we're waiting for the people that are waiting for the call. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and even just the fact that we're having to have the conversation over how do you deal with it, that, that's why they're successful. They realize is that there are going to be those times we have to answer it. And, you know, I, you'd have to almost just get to the point of I'm just going to be cynical and not answer it. To, But I still don't think it's going to actually stop it. I do like iOS 13, the, the next operating system for Apple is going to have a feature that's going to be, if it's an unrecognized number, it just automatically blocks it. Ooh, um, so if they leave a message, you know, whenever you go into your voicemail messages, you can see deleted and you can also see blocked. If people who are blocked leave it. So what this will do, it won't even ring for you. It'll just go straight over there if the number is not in your context, which has that downside of, hey, I'm expecting a call from a doctor's office. Um, you know, like for me this week, my, you know, our son is down in uh, Poplarville. Mm-hmm. For band camp, so he's away. Well, you know, what if a director needed to call? I don't know all their numbers, so it, you know, it, there's a catch twenty two. There's there's not really a right answer. But yeah, it's just you know depends uh, on if they give you the option or if they you know if they sent you some sort of notification that hey this number got blocked and it gives you the option to listen to whatever right. if they if they left a message the option to listen to it and bring that number back somehow or another oh, and, and or it unprotected. Can. You know? Yeah, even the blocked on that does it right now because I've I've accidentally blocked some numbers that I needed and you know it comes back all right we got a a house robo call bill uh, that is put together by uh, members of the communications and technology subcommittee that we'll talk about uh, a little bit later on in the show uh, that now favors criminal charges for offenders uh, and may target debt collectors as well debt collectors not debt I don't know what debt is but uh, it may target debt collectors as well all right we're gonna sneak our first break in here when we come back we got Alan from Brandon and Jeremy from Ashland. Hang on, guys. We're going to get to you as soon as we come back. Robocalls is our our, uh, topic of the day, but we're talking about a whole lot of things, including your tech problems and questions and solutions and things like that. Give us a call, 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We'll be right back.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back. It's Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Robocalls is what we're talking about today. And uh, I tell you, the uh, other thing that I get is these calls from uh, some random numbers that show up, and it's not... It doesn't have an area code. It doesn't have prefixes. It's just like it's four one nineteen ampersand blue violet. You know, all and it's question mark. Yeah. You know, hashtag. I'm like, what? What number is that? What country or planet is this number from? I don't. I, That's Jeremy. I don't no. even. Oh, right. <laughs> I don't even get started with those guys. All right, let's get to the phones. We had some guys who's been patient with us so far. We're going to start it today with Alan and Brandon. Alan, thanks for calling. How's it going? Hey, Jay, Wilson, Jeremy. Hope y'all are all doing well. Uh, go, going fine. Uh, I, I'm afraid these, these robocallers are ruining our phone system. It, it's gotten to where I, you know, I don't want to answer anything anymore. But uh, a, a couple of years ago, I, I found a good article in Consumer Reports. There's an outfit called No Mo Robo. That's N-O-M-O-R-O-B-O dot com. And you can see, um, back then, I set it up for my home phone. It only works for uh, regular telephone services. It doesn't work for, for cell phones, or it didn't back then. But what it does, if you were an AT&T subscriber, which I was, you were able to, to set this thing up, and, and there's a little algorithm that runs when you get a phone call in, and it determines whether it's uh, a robocall or not. It'll ring like once or twice. And then it then it sends it into the ether or something, so uh, it, it does a real good job of cutting down at least calls on, on a home phone. Uh, like I said, I'm not sure if it uh, if it works for cell phones yet. And I've gotten where I just if if the contact's not identified when it comes in on my cell phone, I just I, I just immediately send it in a voicemail with the, you know pressing the the power button uh, twice in my case, and that sends it right into voicemail. But hmm. uh, uh, but yeah, so they're probably. I mean, the calls still come in all the time. So uh, you know, I'm not. Uh, I guess they can determine that there is a live person on the other end. But, but, but whatever, it's. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but you know, as long as they don't get to talk to that live person, where none of us want to answer our phones anymore. So that's what they what they've done to their phones. It really has. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. people are much less trusting of just your, you know, your random everyday call that just comes right. in. You know. Well, as most people that know me would say, I pretty much don't want to answer my phone anyway. So you put me in that boat as well. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, but I'm always gives me an excuse not to answer the phone. (laughs) I'm always good about returning uh, any messages that are left. I know people don't want to don't want to seem to leave voice messages anymore, but I make sure I always do that if they bother to to leave a voice message. But uh, uh, that's the only way you can manage your phone nowadays. I, I, I will admit I'm the worst at that. If I went, yeah. went into my voicemail right now, I'd be like, first missed call, January 23rd, 2014. I'm like, right. <laughs> jeez, I need to really catch up on this. Uh, well, I, was just like looking, I was just looking at my phone, actually. It's like, oh, my gosh, I did forget to call that one back. forgot to call that one back. But it has gotten, you know, I, I want to I change my voicemail message to say, before you leave a message, think. Could this have been a text message? Ooh. Yeah, but Ooh. I, but I, but you put I it on them. I encourage, yeah. I encourage people to go to that dot <laughs> com site and see uh, if you can set it up. And anything you can do to help uh, uh, stop these calls is a good idea. All right, Alan, man, we appreciate so, you starting us off today. Okay, thanks, I, uh 
I put a, uh, a link and gave Alan credit for it on our Facebook page for No More Robo. So you can go there and you can check it out. You can sign up for that service and you can reduce the amount of unwanted calls that you're getting today. How about that? Instant update on the Facebook right. page. Instant yeah, update. And hey, just had a uh, a friend of mine actually just text on over that we should also mention the uh, the app True Caller. Well, see, I was going to mention uh, if if you have any ideas about software, or I know there are several apps in all of the app stores. But here's the thing: as with all almost anything, um, if if you have a, a lot of drive or I guess demand for a thing in the app stores, of course there are going to be. And I don't know how much it is like this anymore. Um, in the iTunes store, but I know in the Google Play store, uh, they have a really hard time dealing with like copycat apps that really have no intention of helping you with your problem. Um, but uh, there are tons of those all over the place. And so if you're if you really have no idea what you're technically looking for uh, and you just like try to do some deep dive on, you know, random thing X like this would be a way to deal with robocalls or block robocalls. I mean, there's a lot of waiting that you have to do through junk that is, you know, completely you know, not helpful at all. Oh, yeah. Well, one that thing look remember, like they should be helpful. So, yeah. And a lot of those a lot of the apps have a it's an, it, with a lot of apps. There's a free option, but you can have to pay, um, you know. There's a, there's a few that I've used before, and what ends up happening is if you want the premium features, yeah, uh, it ends up costing you. And, it, and sometimes it can get kind of costly. It can cost you a, a few bucks a month, and somebody might be saying, oh, three bucks a month, that's not much. Well, times that by 12, and then keep going. Right. Mm-hmm. And it can be a little bit. Uh, so something just to kind of watch out for. And another thing about that is is if you're a person who looks at those three ninety nine a month things, oh, that's not much, click. And you can you can stack a bunch of those up real fast, and then it's not three ninety nine a month anymore. You're oh, yeah. spending forty, fifty, sixty dollars a month on little things here and there that come through automatically. If you don't, if you can lose track of that real fast and be spending a bunch of money that you never intended to be spending. Oh, yeah. I've heard. So when you're when you're in the app store and you're looking for uh, the the true app, the right one, always look at the reviews and the number of downloads. That'll be a pretty good indicator that uh, something is a foul or a miss or you've got the right uh, app. Uh, for example, TrueCaller is currently in the Android App Store and it has over 100 million downloads. Oh, okay. So it's, it's pretty safe. <laughs> uh, and then it's got a 4.6 rating out of 10 million reviews. So that should it should be pretty easy to find which ones are legitimate as long as you look at those two things it's it's pretty easy to find the the foul players. Let's go back to the phones. Jerry in Ashland has been super patient with us. Jerry, thanks for calling. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, just want to say I support you guys every month and it's money well spent, and I hope all the other listeners do that. Oh well, thank you. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Um, I I realize that this is a problem, and it's kind of like playing whack a mole, right? Right. Amen. That's, that's, that's probably the best yeah. analogy. Definitely. So what I what I do is, is a couple things. I don't give out my phone number. If I have to fill, you know, you get those autofill forms and watch your phone number online or whatever, I put in my area code 555-1212 and let it roll. Because they don't need to call me. I don't need to give them my phone number to buy something online. They just, that's just too bad. And that cuts down a lot of it. The second one is I have an app called Hiya, H-I-Y-A, which is free. And that, the thing about Hiya is if a, a robocall gets through to you, you have the opportunity to market a spam and put a little note there why it's spam or a robocall, or whatever, and then 
everybody else who uses this app will have that phone number blocked from there on out. So it's like crowdsourcing to block these bozos for robocalling. Excellent. And, 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 and it has been very, very, very effective for me. I've, I've gone from you know, several robocalls a day down to almost none a week. And the third thing I do is I used to be a DJ, and if somebody gets through to me and it's a person, I say, hello, you're live on the air at WVBS. Also, what can I do for you? <laughs> and you get, you get hot here, or, or this person, whoever, from whatever country, and they're like, well, you're on the radio. What do you have to say to us? And then that does two things. One, it kind of embarrasses them. And two, uh, they'll say, well, this is not a real person's number, so business number, and, and there you go. So doing all those three things for me has really <laughs> cut down on the problem. Uh, that that that's some great advice, and, and like you, I kind of do the uh, the false number, but I, I kind of go a little bit more old school with it. Mine is more eight six seven five three nine. I, you, yes, <laughs> that's the first yeah, thing yeah, I thought yeah, of. Yeah, poor Jenny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, John. Well, that's all I got to say. Jerry, thanks for calling in this morning. We certainly do appreciate it. Yeah, I thought about eight six seven five three zero nine. Yep. Also, yep. and I'm I mean, that I'm for a, anybody's area code. That number is torched. It's burned forever. Oh yeah. Yep. yep. I can't imagine. And I'm sure there are stories, or stories were done, of the people who had that telephone number when that song came out. Oh, just destroyed forever. Yeah, especially back in the days when we didn't have to actually dial the area code before it. It was just the seven numbers. Yeah. So. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of all kinds of stuff going, you know, in my head in there. But you know, he brings up a great point about whenever you are registering for different things, and that kind of goes back to something. Um, Jay and I were talking on the, on the last break, and uh, I know Jeremy and I have mentioned this many times before, too, and that is the free app Google Voice. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I did is you know, a while back, whenever I was starting to write my books and kind of putting myself out there, I did, I, you know, of course, I wanted to be people to be able to contact me, but I didn't want to give up my personal phone number. So yeah. what I did is I went into Google Voice, uh, free service from Google, got another number so they can give you a number in your area, um, and you get some online controls with that to where you can kind of redirect. It's been a lot easier to filter, so I can give out that particular number. You never actually get my real cell phone number, but depending on the rules that I set up, I can forward those calls over. I can actually have Google Voice intercept them and let me know, and then I can go back in and check them, um, things like that. So it may be a nice way of putting a filter in there. It's super easy to sign up for a number in Google Voice and have a an, an actual number assigned to you from whatever area code you want, really. I oh, mean, yeah. you could... I mean, you could go to, you could be in this certain place, but sign up to get a number in an area code basically from anywhere. Right, right. Um, is that how some of these robocallers spoof these numbers over and over and over again in different ways? Are they using Google Voice or I guess maybe like uh, no. services that are similar to that? They would use things that are similar to that. Uh, Google, from everything that I've ever read on it, they're very aggressive at watching. Uh, you can't really make mass phone calls with their system. It is really meant for that one-on-one. Ah. Uh, so they do try to protect that. It, it's just like you can't really uh, – way back in the day, Gmail used to be used very heavily for mass spamming. And they've put protections in place that you cannot send a massive amount out. It just ways to kind of knock that down, so – uh, Google Voice did originally, I think, go through some of those headaches, but they've they've definitely matured on the other side of it. All right, so so far we've got the uh, nomorobo.com and the Haya app is uh, what we've been uh, um, suggested by callers. You can call us up, one eight seven seven mpb ring one 672 Got some more things to dig into today, but right now we're talking about robocalls and how you deal with them. How many do you get? Have you been able to rid yourself of them, as uh, our caller from Ashland right there 
uh, mentioned that he basically is almost uh, free of them, um, going I from the multiple hello. a day to almost none an entire week. I love the hello you're on the air. We need to we need to promote that a little more. That's now, when really I was cool. younger, I'm glad you mentioned that. When I was younger and uh, uh, just cracking into the radio business, but still lived in my folks' house, we would get these calls, these robo calls, and but we had the caller ID. It's like mm-hmm. back in the age of the. VCR and stuff like that. Windows, yeah. Windows 95. Uh, it, it had the caller ID, and so when an 800 number would come up, I would grab the phone and be like, you're caller number four! And man, <laughs> that, would throw, that would throw people off. Man, caller number four for what? You tell me. What's going on? No, but that, nowadays, like, one of the... One of the repetitive calls that I get that I've answered again because I'm expecting a call from a place mm-hmm. and I don't know the number. So all of the 601 numbers that I'm getting, I have to answer because I don't know when this call or where it's going to come from. So the call that I've answered multiple times is a robo call that starts with, hey, can you hear me good or can you hear me well? Am I coming through all right? Huh. And uh, and every time it comes up, I'm like, yeah, I can hear you fine. What's up? And then it's like silence for two or three seconds because mm-hmm. I guess it's transitioning. The some computer program is, yeah, and that's when I'm like, yeah, no, you can't hear me. Okay, and I smash the block button or whatever. So, yeah. but you gotta admit, nowadays it's not the same hanging up. I mean, back in the day when you could hang up, oh, you just could slam really the phone up. into yeah, yeah. But now it's kind of like I'm gonna mash yeah. this button really aggressively. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> There's a service out there called Jolly Roger, and I think we've talked a little bit about this before, but Jolly Roger is a computer-generated uh, voice that uh, it, it can measure when the other person's talking. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty smart. And what it does is it keeps them on the phone for longer periods of time, and he'll just, he just keeps dragging on like, oh, okay, and what was it you called about again? Oh, uh, hang, hang on a second. Hang on. I, I got a B on me. I got a you, you just keep talking. You keep talking, and I'm just going to wait until he goes away. <laughs> I'm loving it. And then, like, 30 seconds later, I'll be like, okay, he's gone. Um, I'm sorry, who are you, and what are you calling for again? It's, uh, it's pretty funny. I'll, I'll post the link to that on our Facebook, too. There is a lot of calls where telemarketers just get very, very angry because it takes them a while to figure out they're not talking to a real person. I know this. My my parents had, uh, they still had a house phone for a long time until a couple of months ago, they started getting live calls, not robocalls, but live calls from somebody somewhere, thick foreign accent, that um, it, it was really interesting. After a while, my mother was like, uh, she would answer the phone and it would be these people again, the same people. And she would be like, look, stop calling me. I'm not interested. And every time that she would object to what they were saying, man, they would go on a tirade, like profanity-laced tirade. And she's telling me about this. I'm like, let me answer the phone next time. I got words you ain't heard me use before that I could use on the phone. And she's like, no, no, no. I'm like, no, for real. Let those people call when I'm here. We can have a fantastic conversation back and forth. And we, I got all the the non-radio words. Can we coin a phrase for this game that we play with telemarketers? Can we call it phone roulette? <laughs> well, yeah, I, that's that's all, I like that. Term for it. Phone roulette. All right, let's go back to the phones. We've got Sally, who is up next in Meridian. Sally, thanks for calling. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How are y'all? Good. Wonderful. Thanks for calling. Yes. Uh, 
I wanted to, uh, y'all were talking about all these great apps. Can y'all hear me? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Y'all were talking about all these great apps so that you are not disturbed by these robocalls. Uh, I'm a great believer in eliminating the source, and I wanted to suggest that uh, folks can get the uh, Mississippi Public Service Commission app on their phone. Of course, it's free, and uh, I registered my phone number on that app. And I can file a complaint when I get such a call, and it takes less than 30 seconds, and it identifies the phone number uh, that called me and also uh, the type of service they were trying to, to uh, sell me, whether it was insurance, credit card, automobile, vinyl siding, whatever. And, uh, and it just says, you know, was it a live call or a robo call? And um, it literally takes less than 30 seconds. Of course, I don't have any data on how effective the Public Service Commission is in, you know, catching these offenders. But, you know, if more people were registering, you know, some of these same calls, perhaps we would be eliminating the source instead of dealing with the perpetual headache. Very interesting. The, the only issue with that is, and, and we've had this no-call list or this robo-call list for a long time, but some of the laws have changed that have, have changed the, lea- the legalities of these calls to a certain extent. A bunch of these these people that were on a no-call list, then all of a sudden some of these laws changed on the federal level, from what I understand. Oh, yeah. And then that kind of like opened the gates back up for a bunch of these calls to come back in. And so now I'm not sure what what you can report uh, to the state or federal level, and then how much that will block or how much it won't block. But it looks well, like, and yeah. I, again, I've got this this story about this proposed law, um, and and you know that may kind of put some of the horses back in the barn, so to speak. I guess. Well, there's so many exceptions. They it's it's kind of like you know I think that uh, originally the no call lists were were great in concept, but then. Like so many other things, you have so many people who start lobbying saying, well, we need an exception and we need an exception. So I know there's an exception for realtors. There's an exception for politicians. There's an exception for charities. There's an exception for um, well, the debt collectors, which yeah. are not solicitors necessarily, not business solicitors. They're debt collection, which makes it technically different. And let me tell you something. If you have not seen the uh, John Oliver who does the uh, uh, oh, what's the name of the show last week tonight. Um, show he does a segment, uh, or he had one of his one of his patented segments, um, monologues about debt collection, and then <laughs> Mississippi is involved in it, <laughs> kind of on the back end of it, which is funny, um, as long as you don't get offended easily. Um, it is pretty hilarious, but at the same time, uh, pretty frightening about what debt collectors can do, even illegally. But there are loopholes that make their quite illegal actions completely fine. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and it's including like um, chasing after relatives of people who have died to collect their debt. Uh, I mean, that's what? Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> insane. But it, it is still a thing that happens. But uh, Sally, thank you for the call this morning. And I'll tell you what we did learn. Regardless, it's worth trying. It's worth uh, at least seeing if it will help you out. And uh, I did oh, learn definitely. that the Mississippi Public Service Commission has an app now, and that's something we will we will uh, run down there. We'll, we'll chase that down. Yeah, and she has a great point, though. You've got to at least report it because, I mean, you know, you got to get the word out there. But, yeah, I mean, I'm looking on the Federal Trade Commission site right now. People who are survey organizations are exempt. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, debt collectors. The reason they're calling you for your student loan, even though you don't have one, they can get around it by saying, hey, we're a debt collector. Yep. Well, I don't actually have debt. 
Uh, and here's, here's that's the, the one I got one. for the longest time was, hey, we're calling you about your student loans. Yeah, don't have any. And here's the other one. People who, you know, if you've done business with them or you've thought about doing business with them, they can actually call you. And I'm like, okay, here's Alexa again. She's listening in. She knows who I'm thinking about doing business with. You know. What were you saying, Sally? Oh, well, I was going to say that uh, I believe one of the questions in, in the 30 seconds that it takes me to file uh, a register a complaint with the Mississippi Public Service Commission, I believe it does ask. Um, do you have a prior business relationship with this caller? Ah, okay. And so ah, okay. I believe, well, well, no, you know, no, I don't want their credit card or their final signing or, you know, whatever it is. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, I think that, 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 may, that may weed out some of those problems. But, uh, but I'd love to eliminate the source. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. And actually, I'm, I'm looking for that app right now. I'm going to put it on my phone because I'm going to start doing the same. Sally, thank you for the call this morning. Vinyl sighting is what, man, everybody's got a different story, right? All the man, the different products that have been hawked through these calls, student loans, home well, mortgages, vinyl siding. Uh, you know, yeah, you're uh, extending the uh, warranty on your car. That's, that's, that's one of my the favorite one I get ones all right the time. Now. Car warranty. Yeah, there you go. All right, let's move along. Or take a break here, actually. And Java decided otherwise. Java keeping me. Yeah. Java keeping me on track here. He's my, uh, you know what? He's my Google Maps during this show. That's what he's. Yeah. Turn left here now. Turn left now. 1-877-MPB-RING is the number. 1-877-672-7464. Jeff and Byram, Debbie and Wesson. Hang on. As soon as we get back from this break, we will hear from you. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. podcast. Welcome back. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Taking your calls today, 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Wiltz, there's a shout-out you uh, need to do today, correct? Yes, there definitely is. Uh, And hopefully she might actually even be out there listening, but just wanted to say happy birthday to my wife, Kristen. Today she is uh, turning... Turning 29 again. Yes. So I uh, just wanted to wish her a very happy birthday and say I love you. Oh, happy birthday, Mrs. Wiltz. Yes. Happy birthday, Mrs. Couture. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the phones. We've got Jeff next. <laughs> hey, Jay, real, oh, yeah. uh-huh. real quick, man. Uh, we're always talking about the do not call list and the public service commission stuff, but these things only apply to people who play by the rules. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there who do not abide by these rules, and that's what, what? these apps are really for, is to help reduce the ones that just don't care. Because it is possible that they may get prosecuted and may have to pay millions of dollars to people that they've defrauded, but it's more likely that they'll just slip through the cracks because there's so many of them. Gotcha. Always yeah. something we want to keep in mind. Absolutely. That's See, it right there. I saw an idea on Facebook, too. They said that they ought to require telemarketers to wear a little, uh, you know, a little shock band. So every time you press the pound key on your phone, it'll actually shock them. That should actually deter them. 
Wow. Get the scientists working on yes. the technology. It's like a shock caller. I mean, I'm, I'm liking the idea. For telemarketers. All yeah. right. That's not... That's terrible. <laughs> I still like it. All right, Jeff and Byram is up next. Jeff, thanks for calling in. How's it going? Hey, guys. Well, I want to buy some stock in that company. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm, I'm going to be right on that IPO. <laughs> Listen, when, when y'all started talking about this robocalling thing, it just struck a chord with me. But I was calling from a slightly different perspective. Um, on the perspective of, of businesses, legitimate businesses, deciding to use this as a communication method, you know, and advising against it. My daughter's school uses robocalling. And, oh, my God, um, they, that thing will call at all hours of the morning, mm-hmm. all hours of the night, mm-hmm. multiple times a day with the same message. And some of the things are, you know, legit or apply to me, and some don't apply at all. And I'm like, you know, ratchet it down or whatever. Every time I see it, I'm immediately, you know, hitting the uh, the volume button to let it go to voicemail, and then they'll call right back right after that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's really not a viable method for businesses to communicate these days unless you do it extremely sparingly, you know, and only for the most important of, of items. But that just drives me up the wall. Well, Jeff, I mean, you bring up a good point. That's kind of in all communications. I think because communications have become so easy, especially in in, in times now, um, sometimes, you know, we really go to that extreme of over-communicating. We can see the same thing on email. It's like if I want a newsletter, I don't need a newsletter six times a day. I like to see right. the newsletter maybe once or maybe once a week or, you know, give me some options on that. I, I, I see that with, you know uh, – with so many other areas too, and you're absolutely right. It's like I don't need to know about the PTO meeting at 3 a.m. in the morning. You know, there's no reason for you to tell me at that time. Uh, you could tell me in, during normal business hours, maybe, and tell me once. And you know, yeah. yeah. So that, that, that's all. I just wanted to vent. All right, hey, and, Je- and Jeff, we're going to keep your number on file. We get that IPO going for that uh, for that shot collar thing. There, we're going to we're going to definitely be reaching out to you. All right, Jeff, uh, we appreciate it. Thanks for the call from Byram this morning. Let's go next to Debbie in Wesson. Debbie, thanks for calling this morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Doing well. What's on your mind this morning? Okay, I'm basically home 24 hours a day, and I try to lead a simple, low-tech life. However, I was running myself back and forth crazy answering phone calls because I have no caller ID on my phone, my home phone. Mm Mm-hmm. So what I did was I set my answering machine to pick up after three rings, and I didn't leave a message. <laughs> so ah, basically, they, nice. basically, they get three rings and then what sounds like dead space. And my people who do call me that, you know, I want to call, they'll just go ahead and start talking or leave a message or whatever, and then I can get back with them if I can't get to the phone in time. Yeah, those who know can, those who don't, won't. Right, they just hear three rings and then nothing. Nice. Now a little uh, that that that's pretty cool. It kind of reminds me of a little trick I was uh, I I picked up on many many years ago, and that was uh, changing my voicemail message instead of it, you know, after the beep or what have you. Whenever it would go, recording that tone, the number has been disconnected tone. That's actually a computer recognized tone. So that little that little three tone ding ding ding, the number you have reached. Well, putting that, uh, I learned many years ago, putting that as the beginning of your voicemail message can actually tell some of those computers it's reached a non-existent number, remove them from the system, and it may start slowing some of those down. 
Well, I was getting 20 or more calls a day. Ouch. Yeah. Jeez, it was Louise. horrible. It was horrible. And I have not received any for the past two months or more. That is a great idea. People who know will leave you a message, and if they don't know, they'll go away. That's right. So it doesn't beep whenever the three rings go past? There is a long, long space between um, when, the, when the phone stops ringing at three rings and before okay. that beep. Most people so you've up. just got, like, recorded silence, so they just give up because it's like, well, what's going on? The line is totally dead. Right. <laughs> I'm loving That's it. Awesome. That's a great idea. It's an automated game of chicken. Is what we what we have going on here? Phone chicken. I, I'm liking it. Debbie is like my new hero on this. This is really cool. Debbie, we appreciate the call from Wesson this morning. All right, thank you. Thank all you. right, uh, all right. Here's the uh, the story that we had this morning about the robo bill. Um, let's see. Tuesday, members of the Communications and Technology Subcommittee unanimously approved several amendments to a popular House anti robocall bill aimed at putting the screws to those annoying robotic annoyances that have caused millions of Americans to simply stop answering their phones. So far, there appears to be little opposition to the Stopping Bad Robocalls Act, aptly named, a uh, bipartisan bill, amazingly, that uh, was put forth last week by Congressman Frank Pallone Jr. and Greg Walden, uh, chair and ranking members, respectively, of the Energy and Commerce Committee. Uh, The bill's central purpose is requiring the FCC to prescribe new regulations to govern the use of robocalls, namely by forcing the callers to obtain the consent of those they wish to hound. Bipartisan amendments adopted by the members during a half-hour hearing on Tuesday vastly enhanced the bill, adding, for example, a requirement for FCC to publish a report on phone carriers' participation in efforts to trace the origins of suspected unlawful calls. House Republicans and Democrats came together on Thursday to put forth comprehensive legislation. Now, how about this? It takes robocalls to get these two parties in the aisle together, in the middle aisle. (laughs) Hey, whatever it takes. Finally, (laughs) legislation that actually makes some sense and I can actually get behind. That's when you know you really... When you've ticked everybody off is when you can get Republicans and Democrats to work on something together. Especially in 2019. (laughs) Right. One amendment offered by uh, Congressman uh, Donald uh, McAken and Pete Olson will require the FCC to submit evidence of certain violations to the Justice Department for criminal prosecution. It also requires the FCC to make information about those referrals available to the public. The amendment was originally in- introduced as a standalone bill called the Locking Up Robocallers Act. Also, no no messing around with that name. I'm liking <laughs> that name already. Another requires the FCC to create a process by which phone carriers' efforts to identify and catch robocallers receive certification. Uh, the purpose is to enable the FCC some supervision over the efforts of private companies engaging in tracing the, the origins of unlawful calls, as well as to identify phone companies not actively doing so. Those not aiding in the effort to catch robocallers would be publicly identified. Ooh. Other amendments seek to crack down on the so-called one-ring scams, whereby victims are tricked into calling back intentional numbers that result in significant changes and create an um, interagency working group between the FCC and the Attorney General's office to study enforcement of the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, the principal U.S. law restricting the activities of telemarketers and other telephone solicitations. And that's one. That's the one that's kind of been undercut uh, with some other, um, I guess, uh, judgments here in the in the recent past. So uh, 
that's something uh, that is in the works. Hopefully that will get passed. And I don't, man, who could be against that? Well, don't don't answer that. The telemarketers. All right, here we go. We talked about uh, flying cars, flying Ubers a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and Jeremy's <laughs> Jeremy mentioned, well, we haven't even uh, <laughs> we haven't uh, perfected uh, self-driving cars yet. And now we're going to the air. Well, here you go. Apple is buying into self-driving cars uh, by buying into uh, self-driving car startup Drive.ai. Uh, so uh, Apple appeared to be pulling back from the autonomous car business when it dismissed some 200 employees from its Project Titan initiative in January of this year. But it would appear it's shifting gears in a big way with news yesterday that it acquired startup Drive.ai in what appears to be part of a renewed effort by the iPhone and Mac maker to branch out into self-driving cars. This is per the San Francisco Chronicle. Let me ask you guys, what would Apple need or what would Apple be wanting to do what could Apple offer the industry? I know that's a lot of different takes, but what Apple and self-driving cars, what would be their motivation besides money, and what can they offer? Well, you know, if, if, for me, honestly, if you would have asked me this a few years ago, I would have probably said, you know, some very exciting innovation, um, definitely user-friendliness and everything else. But uh, as Jeremy and I discussed probably a couple of months ago, uh, they may need to get their focus back on that a little bit. So I'm not really sure what they could offer at this particular point. Jeremy? Yeah, I, I, I've just lately with, with what Apple has been doing in, in multiple areas of its business, I, I don't know what to say. I, I'm, I'm kind <laughs> yeah. of speechless. Now, this drive.ai thing was apparently days before its death that they decided to acquire it. So Weird. I guess they, wow. I guess they kind of negotiated them uh, into a hole, uh, so they got a good deal on it. Um, well, you're going to be uh, insolvent in like six days, so it's uh, take it or leave it. $200 million? How about it? No, wait. No, that's what it was valued at. Anyways, I- I'm curious to see where this goes, but I, I feel like Apple has lost its focus, y'all. I- I- I'm looking forward to the future with Apple. It is interesting. Every time that they, uh, every time that they have changed CEOs... They seem to lose track of what direction and what their central motivation is. Uh, That's been something people have been watching for the last uh, year or two. All right, our our story about uh, Facebook developing its own Bitcoin-like currency, we'll put that on our Facebook page and on this episode page of our podcast, as well as a story about uh, Amazon uh, knowing what you're saying and how you can block them, and as well as a Dropbox redesign and Gmail getting more dynamic. Lori Thompson was our call screener today. Java Chapman was our producer and engineer. Tune in next week at 10 for Everyday Tech on Wednesday right here on Think Radio. Southern Remedies next.